0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. We are in week two of the Here to Stay campaign, which is a fairly momentous moment in our church's history. It's a big campaign in which we're examining the future and the present of our church. Campaigns are a chance for us to evaluate what God's doing in our midst and what he might be calling us to. This past weekend, Jay Kim talked about leaving a legacy, about what we want to be. And it's certainly true that all of us have benefited from the people who have gone before us, who have built... Uh, And I'm not just talking about in the church. I'm talking about in general in society. Um, If you were, for example, uh, if you participated in a youth sports league, it was because some adults gathered around and made that happen. They organized it. They got the fields. They mowed the fields. They got the maintenance on the fields or the court. They had coaches. They gave up their time. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like, If you have anything as a kid, it's because some adults sacrificed to give it to you. And now it's our turn as unless you're a toddler listening to this if you're a toddler listening to this just turn it off uh, give the phone back to mommy and um, just continue on but if you're you're an adult um, I think about the quote from Elton True Blood that Jay Kim shared um, Elton it's it's one of the two Eltons I know the other one being John uh, anyway Elton wrote a man has made at least a start on discovering the meaning of human life when he plants shade trees under which he knows full well he will never sit. The idea of this is, of course, legacy. And look, I'm not a musician. I'm not. Uh, I'm an incredible singer. Everyone knows that. But I'm not a musician. I, I don't know music theory. But I know this, that every musician and every musical group and every generation looks back upon the previous generations for inspiration. The previous generations have built and experimented and they have left a legacy a musical legacy a language upon which the next generation builds that's just the way it works So, for example, let me give you these. I'm going to give you a couple examples because I think this is utterly fascinating. I love this. One of the things I love is because of Spotify, we have access to almost every single song that's ever been released. And so, my son, who's kind of a music music file, audio file like me, he loves music. He'll he'll say, "Dad, listen to this," and he'll send me a song that I've heard, you know, years ago. He's like, "This is where that song came from," and it'll be where uh, some artist sampled from. And he loves discovering those those origins. Uh, So, for example, in 1981, um, Stevie Nicks, formerly of Fleetwood Mac, which was one of the biggest musical acts of the 70s with one of the biggest selling albums of all time, released a song called The Edge of Seventeen with this sick bass line. Now that's Stevie Nicks. But then, more than 20 years later, a very young Beyoncé and the rest of her musical group, Destiny's Child, would release a song that would sample very heavily from that bass line. Here it is. Kelly, can you handle this? Michelle, can you handle this? Beyonce, can you handle this? I don't think they can handle this. Anyway, the point is that one is derivative of the other. In 1970, there was an obscure group called Ball and Jack, which wrote a song called Found a Child. It's kind of a long jam song. And in the middle of the song, there's like this break and there's this jam session. It's actually pretty cool. And so I'm gonna play it for you. Again, 1970. Here it is. Here's the here's the kind of instrumental jam break. Uh Now anybody who knows anything about 80s rap know that is an exact sample that became the foundation of this classic song from the nineteen nineties Busta Move by Young MC.
1: She's
0: dressed in yellow and she says hello. Okay. 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 Just one more, one more. Okay. This is, this is the last one I promise. And this is for, uh, uh, kind of all you rap heads. So, uh, there, there was a guy named Claudius Afrolabo Sifre, better known as Lobby Sifre. He was a British songwriter. He was a poet, released music in the seventies. And in 1971, he released a little known song. Uh, I don't think anyone here has probably heard it. Maybe you have, it's, it's called, I got the dot, dot, dot. That's that's the title of the song lobby siffre l-a-b-i-s-i-f-f-r-e and in the middle of that there's this instrumental break where he just kind of riffs and i'm going to play that for you because you are going to hear what happens And of course, that funky edge would go on to become the backbone for this famous 1990 hit.
1: Hi, my,
0: name is, my, my name is. My name is. My name is. Shady. The point is. Just as musicians owe so much to the generation of musicians before them and how music is derivative in the same way our Christian walk is completely derivative because it's been handed to us by the generation before and the generation before that. We owe an incredible debt of gratitude to all the saints that have gone before us, including the generation just before us that began teaching and including us into the church it's almost inestimable how influential they've been in our lives. So if that's true, then that should move us to gratitude. That's what this message is about. That's what we're talking about. I just really just use it as an excuse to play music. Really, that's all it was. But I hope my point was made. So we've got J. Kim here. We're going to talk more about that, about what it means to be a people who leave a legacy and who are thoughtful about what's been handed to us. And so with that, let's just dive right in. Hey Jay, hey man,
1: what's going on? Just hanging out.
0: So I, I was, I was wondering if uh, you, we've been playing this this campaign. We've been talking about this for a long time. Um, did you take into consideration that the Niners might be having one of the greatest runs in the past 20 years and, and into the, the potential distraction that the Niners could be on this campaign? Or do you think it's like amplified efforts, like building legacies, dynasties, building for the future? Yeah. How do you think about it?
1: Just Bay Area energy. J- big, Excitement. big Bay
0: Area energy. Excitement. Yeah. It's This is the place to be. Yeah. Yeah, th- that makes a lot of sense.
1: Okay, let's just give full disclosure here, we're, which is uh, this is like a peek behind the curtain. Oh, we people listen to this after the Sunday teachings because that's when we post it. Yes, but we are typically recording these actually a in, day or two in before. The lead yeah, up. sure. So, as we're talking about this right now, we do not know what the Niners now are now. As do. as our people are listening to this right now, they will we know. know. But right now, we we're recording not. this on Thursday. We actually. are in the veil of ignorance. So you're talking about this like there's utmost excitement. Well, there is excitement. The game's going to be but here. But you're also speaking with an energy that assumes... They win over the just, Packers. We just crushed the Packers. Now, again... It could happen. Listeners right now are they either like, yeah, we did. Or they're mm-hmm. like, these idiots. They're talking about excitement in the Bay Area. I'm grieving That's a good point. Jordan Love and the Packers pulled Mm. the upset. Yeah. Now, I hadn't thought about that. I really doubt that's going to be the case as people are are listening to this. I really feel a lot of confidence that they're pretty good, man. The Niners are going to win this thing. But, you know, we're one Christian McCaffrey sprained ankle away. Sure.
0: Well, do you remember a couple of years ago when the 49ers played the Giants at home and there was two muffed punts that the Giants recovered? Because Ted Ginn from Ohio State, their returner, was out. And they had some Yahoo in. And he dropped two punts.
1: Wow. What are you going to do?
0: Wow. You don't know. Now, that team was not nearly as good as this team. Yes. So, well, we'll see. Yes. Okay. That has nothing to do with it. Go Niners. Yeah. So, okay. Let me ask you a question because it deals with the teaching. This past weekend, we talked about legacy. Yes. We talked about what it means to build a legacy. My son texted me two things this morning. Mm. And I wanted to, uh, the first was, uh, first of all, his class schedule is astonishing. It's okay. so fun. Christian heritage. Cool. The philosophy of C.S. Lewis. That's oh, an entire very prime. cool. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, then some some business, business public speaking. Mm. And then some business math, Excel spreadsheets, how to use yeah. Excel. Yeah. Anyway, that's boring. But the other three are pretty awesome. Excel. Well, no, it's like that's super, awesome. you know, the super yeah. Excel. You know, Excel's yeah. got all those shortcuts. Yes. And yeah, totally. It's like a really Formulas, high-powered tool yeah. for business. Yep. I don't know anything about it. I, do you use Excel in your day-to-day? No,
1: but my wife is like an Excel guru. She's, oh, she She's knows. She's awesome at it. Yeah, the... the the hot keys and the formulas pretty crazy I don't get it
0: I never use it anyway uh for his Christian heritage class he asked me a question I said well let me ask Jay oh and the question is so for their heritage class they have to actually do a kind of long paper research paper on a Christian saint or influential Christian that's more than 100 years old wow that um you know has something to say to us today So just in your litany, who's somebody that you kind of think about or might might suggest to my son to say, hey, maybe investigate this guy or this girl?
1: Well, this is not going to come as a surprise to you or to those who've been a part of our church for a little while and do any level of digging deeper on their own. But um, one, I mean, there's a, a plethora of options I've been heavily. Influenced by the transformative work of um, the saints that have gone before us. But in recent months and a couple of years now, um, Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuit movement, it's the reason why, well, he's not the reason, but uh, the part he played in the story of our faith, the story of the faith of Christians, uh, has been... One of the key reasons why most of the folks in our church have a little phone background that says, you know, the daily examine and we're going through these movements every day of spending time with God. It's the reason why um, we spent five weeks in the fall talking about what it looks like to live a life with God, not just for God or unto God, but really with God, you know, attuning ourselves to his presence Something I've been thinking about a lot, trying to embody and experience for myself. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ignatius was the founder of the Jesuit movement, which I think most people know for maybe some of their social activism, you know? Sure. Traditionally, well, the, yeah. historically, the Jesuits are very much, which has a ton of resonance today, I think, culturally, but. Um, also he, he's the one and the Jesuits are the one that first, uh, they're the ones that first introduced the idea of the examine, you know, examining your life with God every day. Um, so he's been really influential for me on a personal level. Especially because we live in an age, we live in the attention economy. Yeah. So um, distraction live, is yeah, all over the place in yeah. an age of distraction. So that's really great. That's who I would say. So justice, go study Ignatius. <laughs> Ignatius.
0: And, yeah. Well, there's so much about the Jesuits and the Counter Reformation. So the Reformation happens. There's a Counter Reformation. The Society of Jesus is kind of formed out of that. And there's so much scholarship. Yeah. There's missionary activity. There's brotherhood. Um community, yeah, music, uh, devotion, the the exaltation of the um of the, the goodness of all work, yeah. you know. Yeah. there's so much in that history yeah. that's really worth following and, and taking a look at. It's right. really cool. It's really yep. cool, really cool aspect. Okay, well, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah. I told him chance the rapper. I don't I just I was well, thinking I'm he's, just He's not 100, I'm just
1: kidding. That was a joke. Although he'd be a great choice <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> more recent you know it's more contemporary
0: um but okay well that go that segues into our next question our, our kind of our next kind of general point which was uh just about the legacy that um we, that, we, that was kind of i guess the, that you could say that that was the general tenor the idea yeah. of leaving um yeah the a legacy
1: co- we've received and benefited from and right. the legacy we'll leave on
0: and there's so there's so much. Uh, I know there's probably a personal story that you've talked about your mother over and over again mm-hmm. as the the one of the primary spiritual influence in your life. But just is there somebody that like uh, deserves a shout out that maybe you uh, maybe didn't get to or couldn't get to? Cause oh I was th-
1: gosh, man! So many people. Are- even
0: when you think about your own yeah. life, just like you, J Kim, me, Dave, Tish. There's so many people have contributed to my life who I would just not be the same person if it weren't for them. So, yeah, I
1: think that's true for most followers of Jesus. We talked a lot about trees on Sunday and, uh, we are simply, you know, single trees in these giant forests. But if we would, if we dig beneath the surface of our lives, we would see that there are all these roots from other trees that have energized us and healed us and restored us. And, helped us to grow into the trees that protected we protected us, shaded us, to et cast cetera. shade yeah. for others. And yeah. So yeah, uh, gosh, there's tons of people, man. I had a youth pastor named Don in middle school and early high school who was a heavy, heavy influence on me and it was a pretty big youth group, but he took a lot of time to invest in me. I remember him picking me up a couple times a week to Take me to go, you know, shoot hoops with a bunch of other youth group kids. And I remember I was making some really significant mistakes later in high school, my senior year, especially. And I, I have a very distinct memory of him coming unannounced to my house one day after school and taking me to McDonald's and just this like really significant heart to heart. Wow. So those people like that. There's a small group that I've talked about at church before.
0: Now, did Don know about your significant mistakes? Was that what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just like, hey, listen, let's have an intervention around some Big Macs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, so many people. Yeah, the small group of guys uh, in my very early 20s. Yeah, you talked about this quite a bit. Yeah. Helped me, you know, find Jesus again. Um, And then throughout my ministry life, there have been so many people. I mean, lots of people. It'd be hard for me to name them all. You know, Scott Simarock at Church on the Hill. Who's oh, yeah. Still there. He was kind of and your first boss, maybe? Yeah. He, he first hired me, you know, when I was 24 to be a youth pastor. You were a child, a yeah, child. I was a baby. Yeah. It took a risk on me. And yeah. Um, yeah. I've had a couple of spiritual directors uh, in my life who um, really poured into me and helped me sort of broaden my perspective on what's possible when I live life with God. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's endless, man. There's so yeah. many people. Steve Clifford, obviously, oh. Steve and Dana. You For know? sure. So, yeah, tons of people. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: You know. Ongoing. Re- I was thinking about this because, um, you, you know, the questions that you stirred and the and the way that you made us think about it, I've had a chance to reflect on it. And I, it's just, it goes all the way. And, and what's neat about it, what I, when I think about it, is it's not just that you see people's faithfulness, but you really see like the hand of God like, yeah. giving you these people for your benefit right because it really felt like i know it's not true but it felt like these people came into my life to help me for my benefit and so like i think uh when i was in seventh grade my dad came in my room and was like hey listen we don't go to church but you're going to go to this confirmation class at this church down the street Mm. now confirmation is um it was a uh, United Church of Christ yeah, church. And what they did is they did infant baptisms and then confirmation classes. When you reach a certain age, I yeah. think it was like junior high. Yeah. Cause they were like, Hey, listen, it's really important that you kind of confirm what your parents did. So right. it's a, it's, it's a personal choice. So it's yeah. a little mixing of infant baptism plus yeah, yeah. personal decision. Yeah uh which was kind of interesting and i you know i'm like what are we talking about (laughs) like i had no concept of what totally like what are we doing here like what so he made me for it's a two-year class and you went and it was kind of like a youth group and i went for two years and the people that ran this were like awesome Mm. they like super love kids they super were passionate and they and they begin so two names that came out were Jeff Schultz. Jeff Schultz was the first adult that mm. I think I ever encountered cool. that I knew liked me. Yeah, he would invite me again basketball. Hey Davy, he would call yeah. me Davey Hey Davey yeah. you want to play basketball? He would. We'd play basketball uh, six times a week. It was. It was. Wow. I, I don't. I guess he was married, but I no, I, don't, <laughs> I guess I, just, I, I have no. <laughs> he was, but I have yeah, no yeah. idea because we were always. I don't know how he had the time, right, but he right. did it. And then another woman, and I wrote about her in the Abraham book. Her name was Diana this kind of uh, a little, almost like a maternal presence. Yeah. She had so much love for all of us and cooked cool. us food. And yep. she was maternal. She really cared for us, but it was also clear that she had been through some stuff. Mm. There'd been some real pain and some heartache in her life. Yeah. And Jesus had been a central part. So Jesus was super real to both of right. these people and that we really, and so I think about like, they probably didn't know at the time that this stupid seventh grade kid, like, the the seeds that they planted, I th- yeah. I still think about it today. The, yeah, the, of course. The tremendous impact that yeah. they had, totally. And the way that they lived it out, and what they modeled that Jesus, the life with Jesus is both joy filled, love filled, and it's for me. And they they yeah. they tremendous tremendous. We had a it, I just I remember all sorts of moms. There's a kid in our youth group whose older brother committed suicide. Mm. And that's awful. It's really hard to navigate. And the way I just remember the way that they came around us, Mm. the way they came and got all of us and then told us the way that they helped us grieve, the way that they answered questions like, how's God going to deal with this? Is God going to throw this guy away because he, he made this, you know, he made this decision. They talked about the faithfulness of God and, and and it was so good. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really, I I mean, full credit, you know what I mean? Like Steve says, full credit. Um, So, and I think it's good to think about that because I think what you're saying is it inspires us. One of the things that was chilling um, is, um, I think you read this, it's the passage from Judges to early in Judges. Yeah. um, Which is right after the Exodus story. Mm -hmm. The people have experienced God in a way that no other generation on earth probably ever have. Mm -hmm. With the Exodus story, with all the miracles, with all the things, all the deliverance, the daily... Um, bread, the yep. fire—I mean, the not to mention the plagues. I right. mean, the Red Sea parting. Yeah, and it says in Judges two, after that generation had been gathered to their ancestors after they died, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what He had done for Israel, and then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals, the other yeah. idols, and that's chilling. So why? I found it chilling, but why is it chilling for you?
1: Well, I mean, I think the verse says it, you know, we're just a generation away from, and we see it in our world and in culture. Every generation has the potential to lean more, more deeply into God or to lean more strongly away from him. Um, and I think, like you said, it's a really sobering reminder that, um, we can't just kind of like rest on our laurels and, oh, yeah, you know, I believe and it'll just kind of naturally happen. It's not to strike fear in our hearts. It's it's actually a really hopeful thing that we have an opportunity to shape those who will come after us. We don't control what's going to happen. We don't control outcomes. But we do have a responsibility to play our part in the story, you know, just as we received The gift of, like you said, you know, the gift of others who, not knowing that seventh grade Dave would eventually become a passionate follower of Jesus, who would give his life to help others. You know, those people didn't know that, Um, but they just played their part. It's not like they could control, like, oh, if we do X, Y, and Z, then Dave will become a faithful (laughs) follower of Jesus. But we should give... Uh, generations, you know, after us, every opportunity, you know, we should be a people who present a compelling vision of life with God and live way, it out. Yeah. 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 Not just talk about it, but live it yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it, it's the responsibility of every generation of Jesus followers to pass that on and to, to provide every opportunity possible for generations after us. Um, and and yeah, you're right. The Exodus story and the beyond the Exodus story, just the story of Israel shows how fragile the story is, you know, if we don't steward it well and pass it on, well, it just gets dropped and it shatters, you know, like a fragile glass, you know, and, um, and so we hold that story in our hands and we have to, we have to guard it and steward it and pass it on gently but compellingly um that's our responsibility it's the responsibility of every generation and we've talked about it a lot during here to stay that we are who we are and we are watching god do what we're watching god do in large part because of you know people we don't know who decades before us um did the work did the hard work and it's and it's You know, our responsibility to do the same for generations that we can see, but also for generations that we can't see, you know, Uh, it's
0: hard to think about sometimes because they're not in view. Yeah, Yeah, it's like it's like your kids kids like that's almost impossible to think about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't think about my kids having kids. They're still kids, Yeah, (laughs) you know, let alone the idea. Yeah. But
1: it's true that that that's true for every generation. We have grandparents and great grandparents and great, great grandparents and ancestors who never knew us. Yeah. Couldn't imagine us, but God can, you know, God knows, God knows all those generations and he knows them before he creates them in their mother's wombs. So our, yeah, we have a part to play and, uh, and I think that's what Here to Stay in large part is about. We're just trying to play our part and be as faithful as possible.
0: One of the things that you also went into, which was a fascinating book by a German forester um, who uh, wrote a best-selling book called The Hidden yeah. Life of Trees, Yeah, uh, which is not r- related to The Hidden Life of Dogs, which is an animated film.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Uh, or that's, that's secret The Secret Life movie? of Pets, I think. <laughs> The hidden life of trees and the secret life of pets. They're not related. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but, uh, but one of the things I, 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 when, I remember when you first started talking about this, I was like, oh my gosh, this, first of all, it was kind of mind blowing. Yeah. And then, second of all, it got to the point where, like, there was this one point where they're like sharing nutrients, and there'll be like a dead tree stump, and the trees will rally around the stump and like share nutrients with it to like help bring it back to life. I'm like, this is a little too avatar, you know? It's pretty weird. You know, the avatar scene where they're all like kind of weirdly worshiping Mother Tree or something?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Scientists say that there are very strong indications. And this is, these are the words of scientists. They say that there's evidence of like actual altruism empathy trees. and altruism in trees yeah. i do
0: not th- i think of trees as like connected cuz they're plants like they grow like things but like empathy is a sentient word I it's know. crazy
1: i know it's weird it's kind of crazy
0: but uh, what i loved about it was the um well there was a, a number of things one of them was that trees like actually purify the air and the ground around them that that, that's what they do yeah i think about how often the people i know who are devoted devote devoted followers of jesus like literally clean they drink in toxins so that they they clean the environment they like help mitigate conflict they help people process pain like that's what they do right uh, so that was beautiful. I also love the fact that they're interconnected. Yeah, they're, they're, there's no they're just super deeply connected. Their yeah. root systems often intertwine. But the third thing was this was compelling to me. I've been reflecting on it. Is it how slow trees are? Yeah. And I don't think in Silicon Valley we like that. No. And I know I don't. And I imagine you don't either. I bet you wish that this sure. campaign was done. That the building was done. Sure. That you know everything was just done right. Yeah. But there's a slowness. To that, and it reminds me that most of the metaphors that Jesus uses about our spiritual growth are agrarian, mm-hmm. and that's I think I I really don't like that to be honest. I yeah. I. Uh, but you've been reflecting on this, and and I saw you post on Instagram something about time that we have actually more time than we than we realize. You mm. know that there's a sense that don't be impatient, just keep going with the slowness. Yeah. Um. So talk about that because I think some of us can get pretty impatient, both with ourselves and the world.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to the myth of control, which we've talked about oh. before. You know,
0: the idea that we can build these things. Yeah, as, as opposed to God.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's that? What's that idiom? Like we, maybe it's not an idiom. You know, like we overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year, oh, or yeah. in a lifetime, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and I think there's real truth in that. We, um, we get so hyper focused and really vigilant about our calendars and we're just thinking, most of us are thinking like, okay, between nine and 11 AM I will accomplish. And that's a good thing. You know, we should have schedules and such, but the most important things in life, um, that we desire to accomplish and be a part of, they just don't happen in 30 minute or two hour blocks. They just don't, you know, um, Think about relationships, which are sure. probably the most important thing. You, you really can't microwave. You don't meet someone for the first time and think to yourself like, "All right, if I just get like two hours with this person, we're going to have this deep, meaningful, lifelong sort of thing." You know, it could happen, but what's happening is like the seeds of the beginning of something are happening there. But the the fully baked sort of deep you know, interconnectedness that, that doesn't, that, that takes years, you know? And Mm -hmm. so uh, I think, you know, intellectually, we know that we know that the most meaningful stuff just takes a lot of time, but our lives are so rushed and hurried that we end up um, just buying into the myth that we can accomplish really meaningful stuff in a matter of minutes or hours or maybe days or something. And, it's just not true. So, you know, you think about just the, the, you know, the dichotomy between finite humans and an infinite God, God just, he doesn't, he doesn't work on our timeline. He doesn't live on our timeline. He lives in our midst, but he doesn't live according to human time. God is not rushed. He's not in a hurry. He's not trying to think like, okay, okay. What do I need to accomplish this week? Like, I don't think that's the way God works. I think God has one big giant story he's writing across the expanse of human history. And we just, you know, we're, our lives, our 80 years or whatever, are this tiny little blip on that larger story. And at the same time, we are swept up in that larger story, which is where Christian hope um, comes yeah. from. You yeah. know, it, it doesn't really... I mean it matters, but it doesn't matter in the big scheme of things what I can do on Monday, you know? What really matters is the small part I played on this particular day in the big, large unfolding story of God. And that's true on a more micro level, not just across human history, but on a more micro level across the the sort of expansive story of the church and the unique story of any particular local church, including Westgate, Saratoga, South Hills, Casa de Fe. God has been writing this story for decades, you know, at Saratoga since the fifties, early fifties, through Mildred Schultz and her family at South Hills for many decades. You know, one of the great gifts of South Hills is we've got some folks in the South Hills community who are part of the bridge. They can bridge, you know, some longtime faithful, um, as well as tons of just new folks. You know, every time I'm at South Hills, I'm meeting new people, young people, families who are like, this is my third time here, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and they also need to know like, well, it's your third time here, but you are the recipient of a story that's been unfolding here for decades. And there are literal rocks at South Hills. You see when you walk into that courtyard that memorialize the sacrifice of men and women Decades ago, yeah, you know, to create a Jesus community in South San Jose and Casa de Fe as well, you know, um, Andy Pastor Andy Barone and all the different movements they've had over the many years, and uh, so I think a, a recognition and an honoring of and a and a stewarding of our collective history as a church family really matters. Those are roots from trees that were planted long ago, and we. You know, find rest under the shade of those trees that we did not plant. And we can't forget that because when we do, we also begin to lose um, our sense of responsibility that we're to do the same. Right. We're to plant seeds for trees right. that will grow and provide shade for generations after us. At some point, You know, And it won't even take that long. Years from now, a decade or two from now, there will be, if God does what we hope he does, the desire, this is the dream, is that we'll be sort of forgotten. Sounds weird to say, but the hope is that decades from now at our Saratoga South Hills and Casa Casa de Fe congregations and whatever God chooses to do in the coming years, um, the hope is that there will be passionate, faithful followers of Jesus there who will not know our names, but they will benefit from our sacrifice. Now, you know, that's the hope Yeah, Um, because that's what we receive. It's, it's not just Mildred Schultz. It's countless people whose names we don't know and we benefit from their sacrifice today. So
0: that's a good point. Yeah. All the people that gave all the people that served all the people that built and yeah. Um, There's a, there was a book I read a number of years ago by a, a former Navy SEAL named Jock Willens. And yeah. he said, if anybody has anything, if it, uh, here's what he said. He said, if any child has anything, it's because an adult built it and gave it to them. Yeah, And, I, and I, I've been reflecting on that. Think about a youth soccer league Like it's because adults ran it and then coaches gave up their time. You know what I'm saying? It's like all these things. I started thinking about that and I was like, well, that's really, that's really fascinating. He's not Christian, but it's a, it's kind of a Christian idea. Yeah. But the other thing I thought about is um, like CS Lewis talks about the trajectory of our souls, Uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas Willard. Uh, No, Eugene Peterson, the long obedience in the same direction, the kind of slow growth. It reminded me um, uh, years ago and like in like 1982, I think, my my dad had to go over to England for a huge conference and um, some things that were going on with the United States Air Force and he was going over there so we, he he was like basically doing temporary duty for a long period of time so my mom was like well why don't we come why don't we come with you for a, a, a long so we were there for like weeks and weeks and yeah. my mom had to teach me and I had, I think I missed cursive I didn't I never <laughs> learned how to yeah to do cursive. But while we were there, it was really fascinating because like Princess Di was like this; sh- they had just gotten married. It was yeah. this huge thing, and every time she went out in her her the, the carriage, the crowds would go out. And I'm like, what is happening? It was yeah. like a fairy tale, right? It's like a princess and a, and a prince, and we were walking through this like giant like old grounds, and there was a cemetery, and the cemetery was like famous, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. but I remember there was like this this like uh, gravestone, and it was this piece of granite that was like 12 feet long by eight feet wide. It must've weighed a billion pounds, right? And it had been placed there like hundreds of years ago. Some Earl, some guy had died, some famous important person. They had described it, right? It's a huge piece of marble. And there was all these workers and they're trying to restore it because when they planted it, they didn't know this, but there was an acorn right nearby. Mm. And after hundreds of years that acorn grew into a giant oak tree Oh wow! and that that root had actually cracked this giant piece of marble wow. and they were trying to restore it because yeah. it was an important like thing right but think about how long that took yeah i mean that's hundred it was like literally hundreds of years it was like hundreds of years this tree slowly grew but the power of that slow growth cracked granite that was like 12 feet wide yeah, yeah. And like Four feet thick. It was yeah. this massive thing. It just right. snapped it. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the power of the slow growth. That's yeah. the power of God's organic growth. Like it's just, it cracks sidewalks and concrete and right. marble. There's like nothing that can, it really can withstand. Yeah. And there's something really compelling about that. I think yeah. really, really that if we p- cooperate with God, our partners are faithful to your, 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 your verbiage. If we're faithful to what God has called us to, um, we can grow with God's help, and it really can make a difference. It can, you know, break things yeah. and do amazing things, and nothing yeah. can stop. Nothing can stop it. Not yeah. even a giant slab. You yeah. know, nothing can stop it. And I think as as our city builds a lot of concrete around us, we'd like to see um, something different built. Yeah. Um, Not just a building, but the people of God, the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that's the opportunity. Yeah, we're not
1: interested in building a building. I think when it comes to the building project, it's not really about the building. What we're trying to build is a place. A place. In a placeless age. Yeah. You know, we're trying to grow roots in a rootless age. Yeah. The building we will physically, literally build symbolizes that yeah, we're not really interested in big buildings. That's not what this is about. Buildings are the functional expression of something more meaningful, which is place, you know, because mm-hmm. most people feel placeless Yeah, here and in culture at large, you know, yeah. we're so scattered and so fractured and, um, restless, you know, we want to, we want to build a building and build a space That really represents place, you know, and roots. That's why, that's why the whole thing is called here to stay. Um, We want, we want to communicate to our city. We're here to stay. We we're here and we will be here when, and as you need us, you know, and you're always welcome here. That's, that's what the buildings really symbolize. Yeah. Um, so
0: that's really cool. Yeah. Well, right, Well, we too. And here yeah. we go. I mean, yeah, we're so, yeah, uh, again, the invitation is praying. Yeah, yeah. The invitation is to pray and see what God does and what's, what's happening Yeah, and pray very, and
1: participate. Very exciting. God's asking. You. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've had dozens. I feel like I've had dozens of conversations with people who are already engaging yeah. really deeply with some of these questions. Cause these are these are great questions mm. really. And, and, um, they're important ones for us they, they hone, yeah refocus maybe is that man maybe it's not yeah, the right no, word all of it yeah, i, I think, just yeah. you know it's just a heat a heating up of these things so yeah all right well we'll we'll see you next week and yeah, thanks for your time thanks guys all right bye bye go niners <laughs> all right just want to say thanks to jake Kim for stopping by join us next week for week three of our sermon series here to stay where we'll talk about the mission of god and how that relates to us And we're going to kind of explore the question, uh, what would happen if Westgate Church burned down? That was a question that was brought before us, and we're going to be looking at that. So it's going to be good. So join us next week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.